Welcome to Real Estate Coaching Radio, starring award-winning real estate coaches and number one international best-selling authors, Tim and Julie Harris. Real Estate Coaching Radio is the nation's number one daily radio show for realtors who demand authentic, real-time coaching. Get ready for fluff-free, unfiltered, full-strength honesty about what's truly working to get you into action, helping others, and making money now in today's real estate market. Now to our hosts, Tim and Julie Harris. Three, two, one, and we're back. Mrs. Harris, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. And we're going to continue with uh, explaining what we actually mean by when, you know, what rich means when your money's working for you and you're no longer working for it. This topic has motivated me to drill down on, um, you know, money, frankly, with all my personal coaching clients this week. Mm -hmm. And it is fascinating. And I'll tell you, it is uh, even the most successful agents in the country, many of which you and I have coached or are coaching. If you don't have a system in place that essentially does the investing for them, they're not going to do it. I would agree with that 100%. Yeah. And if you look at statistically, if you look across the country, the average you know age of retirement, let's say 67, if retirement's even a real thing, you know, and then most people that are reaching the age of retirement, they're either dependent on the government or a family member to basically make ends meet. And there was another report that came out today that said 50, it's projected that 50% of all retirees in their blaming COVID and the economy and all the rest of it are going to essentially live uh, with only having enough income uh, to basically barely be above the uh, poverty line. Yeah, that was horrible. a report I read on CNBC this morning. And, you know, they're blaming again. They're blaming the, you know, the COVID wiped out people's savings and all that. But you know what? I really personally, I don't really think that's the whole truth. The reality of it is, is when you look at what your biggest biggest single expenses are, it's, you know, it's not the things that maybe um, you think they are. It's actually taxes. So in most parts of the country, like I have a friend out in um, uh, California and he does very well, sells real estate. Mm-hmm. And with, between the state taxes and the federal taxes, he's paying 50% in taxes. Yeah, just the state tax in California is 13.3%. And that's what he's paying. And that, and that doesn't include his property taxes and all the other taxes. Mm-hmm. And so we wrote all those things down. He was trying to understand why he earns, you know, I think it's like $2 million a year or something uh, selling real estate. And, you know, he has business expenses and whatnot, but he's running his business the way you and I prescribe people to run their businesses. So he's got a really good profit margin. It's something like, you know, it's about 50% in essence. So if a million dollars, he was trying to understand why he's only, you know, 500000 basically is going out the door for taxes, which leaves him, you'd think, enough money to live on, 500000 You know, that's definitely enough money to live on. But his lifestyle, is, you know, 20 or 25 to 30,000 a month. And he was just asking himself, why hasn't he, he been able to accumulate more money quicker? Um, I think he's 56. And the answer was obvious. It's because he's living in an area of the country where the taxes are really high. These are all, inter- these are all conversations you guys need to have amongst yourselves. Because at the end of the day, um, you do have the ability to be mobile if you are and live in different parts of the country, if you are, uh, if you have created multiple streams of passive income. And that's really what we want you to focus on. So you got to ask yourself, why did you originally get into real estate? And to a person, most of you, if you really cut through all the Mickey Mouse and the usual ter- curt answers, the answer is going to be you wanted a, a sense of freedom. You wanted freedom and there's all the freedom's the dominant feeling and emotion. But really the things after that are the things that kind of screw it up and make it so you never obtain the freedom. So for example, a lot of people want to feel successful. They want recognition from other people. They want all of these things that start moving you away from being prudent with your money, which goes back to the point I made a second ago. If you don't put a passive system in place to basically manage your money for you, you're never going to accumulate anything. And, and Julie and I, I tell you guys this all the time.
time. We talk about this in our book, Harris Rules. Had we not been disciplined with our own, um, frankly, money since you know, the last 29 years of being married and putting the money mostly into real estate, I'm sure we wouldn't have accumulated much either because it's too tempting to spend money. I mean, it's not complicated. Spending money is fun. You know? Yeah, especially when you work your tail off in real estate all day long. That's right. I mean, real estate most days is the very definition of a thankless job. I know. I was just talking to some coaching clients about that, that you know, you, you really don't get recognition most of the time. And so, you know, you can have lifestyle creep pretty easily just by trying to make yourself feel good, really. Well, I mean, I remember when we would have closings when we sold real estate. We go shopping. Yeah, well, you mostly, but yeah, that would happen. I I did little shopping. You did big car shopping. Oh, revisionist history going on, but that's okay. Well, the point is, is that, look, it's not in all of our natures or really any of our natures to be, uh, to save more than maybe 60 to 90 days worth of savings. So you're going to have to overlay your own sort of faulty, defective, ours too. I'm not, you know, pointing on, picking on you guys, uh, thinking about money and and wealth accumulation. Otherwise, you're never going to do it. Um, And so this is what this chapter in our book is all about. And this is what, chapter 14? Something like that, but it is rule number seventeen. That's oh, rule number I, that's seventeen. What I go by. That's what I meant. That's yeah. chapter. So the, the essence of it is is what's the definition of rich? You know, removing all sort of. There's a lot of. Uh, I think there's a lot of social drama that goes along with the idea of being rich. There's the haves and the have-nots, and you know all the psychology that goes along with that. Let's just set that aside. And here's all. Here's the simplest definition of rich that came to Julie and I after doing literally tens of thousands of coaching calls, trying to help people move past their you know their emotional issues about wealth accumulation because you really will never in a thousand lifetimes be able to root out why you feel the way you do about money. So our suggestion is don't even bother trying to doctor fill yourself and and your thinking. You can do all the self-improvement and read all the books and attend as many seminars as you want to, but just accept the fact you're always going to be screwed up in how you think about money. And that's going to be liberating because then you have to give yourself over to essentially a system that what we're going to talk with you guys about today. But remember the simplest definition of rich, if you really want to sanitize for your protection uh, version of what rich truly means. It's where your money works for you and you no longer have to work for your money, which means by our definition is that when you have enough money coming in every month to cover your own personal overhead, you are by definition rich because your money is now working for you. You no longer have to work for your money. That's right. And that also means that you have defined for you what rich means to you because you know your numbers and it's going to be different for everybody, right? So if you use the universal definition, it's when your money works for you. Well, then you remove all of the other thoughts that you have, you know, whether that's a, a social thing, a psychological thing, or a lack of financial education thing. It's We're trying to very much personalize this. And that's why we wrote this rule number 17. Now, yesterday we talked about that this all starts with your ability to predictably duplicate your income, to become what we, we term a prolific earner. So that was point number one is you got to earn it to be able to save it, basically. So and listen to yesterday's podcast to get caught up. Okay, that was called Master Plan Level 1. Today we talked about Level 2 and a little bit about Level 3. Level 2, and I think this has changed a little bit with the onset of lower interest rates because this next point is about becoming as debt-free as possible and you know paying cash for rentals whenever you can. But now that interest rates are so outrageously low... Maybe you do something more like 30% down and then pay it off in the future. You get the best rate you possibly can, 
because the payment's going to be so small. So when we wrote the book, basically the philosophy, and this is our own personal philosophy, was have no debt. And um, here's what's happened. (laughs) I can't even say it without stuttering because I'm so emotionally attached to having just paying cash for everything. We've done that for so damn long. Real estate, if you don't have the money, you know, don't pay for it. Now, I don't think that's good advice nowadays with interest rates less than 3%. I really don't. And I really don't think it's good advice when you take into consideration the fact there's probably going to be a lot of inflation, which is going to cause... Just long story short, if you buy a you know five hundred thousand dollar house and you borrow the money at three uh, percent, the payment's going to be probably with taxes around two grand a month. But if the ho- if the inflation you know which I think is inevitable at this point, and I'm not obviously the only one, and Julian are not financial gurus, but it certainly does appear that there's going to be some serious inflation entering into our lives. Not in- inflation means as far as you know putting it in real estate terms that there'll be appreciation, but it's not really the same because at this you know true appreciation is where your house might go up in value, but everything else is essentially costing the same. And so you then have more spending power. But in a time of inflation, everything goes up, including cost of living, food, utilities, everything. So you're not really going to feel the benefits of the uh, inflation or you know appreciation. And agents will often conflate those two terms, but they really are you know, they, they start out feeling the same, but after a while, the inflation starts to feel not so pleasant. Um, but if you have a loan for 3% and the payment is virtually nothing and the house is inflating by more than what you're paying on the interest on the loan by quite a bit, you know, more than 3% inflation rate is easy to predict. Or even if it's only 3%, you're in essence having, you're living in the house for free. Now I've oversimplified it, but that should be the point that all of you guys take away. So, you know, it gets a little bit um, into the weeds and we're going to talk about different investment vehicles probably tomorrow or the next day. You know, we're going to talk about real estate. We're going to talk about stocks and bonds. We're going to talk about all kinds of different things. But the moral of the story is, is that, you know, this only relates uh, to your house because you're always going to need a place to live. When we get into investment properties, the rules are different. Yeah. So that actually was related to master plan level three, where we were talking about uh, you know, starting to build your rental portfolio. It's just that the way you go about it has changed now. And, you know, financing some of it is virtually as good as cash, uh, you know, depending on what you end up owing and what the payment is. So we have a little formula in the Harris Rules book um, that assumes that you figured out what you've got to earn per month, right? Oh, so it starts you're giving with a good You're giving yeah. me a good opportunity to okay, give good. a little. All right. So we have created for you guys the real estate treasure map. And the real estate treasure map is your fill-in-the-blank business plan. And what it does is it takes you through everything that we're discussing uh, with regards to your business and personal expenses. And it goes through every single light item. For you financially, for most people financially, I'm going to be honest with you, it's a little uncomfortable because you're going to have to do a deep dive into where the money's actually going. And then when you see the actual results of some of the things you're spending money on, I, I Actually, you know, you would. It's easy to say, well, you'll be shocked how much you're spending on this or the other thing. But that's not normally how um, they experience. What most people will then realize after they do all their expenses is they realize that they actually have to earn less per month than they think to pay their bills, but then they factor in the taxes and then they're realizing that they're actually having in some markets to earn another 30 or 40% in addition to whatever their personal monthly overhead is. That's when people start having their eyes open um, to really where their money's going. So you need to have that experience because it's going to set you up to really focus and drill down going forward and answer the question, what happened to my money, right? And then once you realize that you can control a lot of those elements that are essentially eating away at what have otherwise been your profit, your personal profit for your work efforts uh, and that's why you're not accumulating more money when you actually put all these pieces together that's when the world shifts for you and then you can start making decisions that are going to basically make it so that you can then um, 
uh, most people, if they really applied themselves, could be effectively retired using our rules um, of, you know, essentially where you're having enough money coming in passively and it covers your personal overhead. Most people can do it in usually about three years. I know that sounds shocking, but it's true. And during this era of COVID, what's truly remarkable is it's easier now to do it than ever because of the fact that the world has accepted the idea of remote work. You know, we talk about this on this podcast constantly, but you don't have to live in an expensive area anymore. You don't have to incur these expenses that are associated with living in that area anymore. You can live in a, the area that, you know, it's one neighborhood or community or city over and save a crap ton of money in most cases. So open your eyes to what your true goal was while you originally got into real estate. And 99.9% .9 of you, if you cut through the reasons that people have told you that you have, like the world gives you, the real estate world says, in order for you to be successful, quote unquote, you have to sell this many houses or have a team of this size or this, that, and the other thing. Are those truly the reasons why you got into real estate or did you get into real estate originally because you wanted to be financially free? Well, you yes well and that I didn't do the pitch okay so. <laughs> <laughs> sorry so if you guys want to have the real estate treasure map for free and want to join our free coaching program so you can do the math because it's in the book yeah it's exactly <laughs> text the word survival to 31996 text the word survival to 31996 we give you the real estate treasure map along with like six other books and you are entitled to a daily semi-private coaching call so text the word survival to 31996 yes exactly and you know related to this is very interesting to me Virtually every time that uh, our listeners or our agents, our coaching clients, et cetera, um, do the math, it's, they're always surprised by this one fact. And I've done it so many times, you've done it so many times, we know the math is true, that in order to move the needle personally for you financially, it's almost always three times what it takes to actually pay your real bills to keep the lights on. So you've got like your basic survival bills, your insurance, your groceries, your, you know, your house payment, rent payment, what have you. Okay, so whatever that number is, let's say it's 5,000 a month. In order for you to feel like you are fantastically wealthy, it doesn't take, a, you know, a million dollars a year, $2 million a year, 500 homes a year. It doesn't take that. It takes about three times. It takes about 15 grand for the average person to feel like they're moving the needle. But here's the rub. It has to be consistent. It has to be monthly for that to actually be true. So in the treasure map, that's the next section that we get into. It's not just knowing your personal finances, although that's very enlightening for many. It's then doing your goal setting and finding out what, what it really would take for you. And it's, that number is always less than people think. Well, so just to put this, just to frame this out where Julie and I came up with all these philosophies basically is because we, now I'm not saying we did it perfectly, but we definitely tried to keep the idea of being rich where we could live off our passive cash flow from rental properties. We tried to keep that for you know our entire real estate career of 29 years uh, as our true north. That's what we really have been focused on. And we did it. By the time I was 41 and Julia was 40, we actually had more than enough money coming in off of our rental properties that we and other sources of income too, that we didn't really have to think about money anymore. Now, we decided to basically go back to work and you guys will, who are familiar with us, you'll understand this analogy. You know, our jet was at cruising altitude and we decided we wanted, and no, we don't have a jet. This is an analogy. <laughs> 
but we decided we wanted to take the jet to the next altitude. So we, you know, we wanted to fly where the air was a little bit smoother. So we had to throttle down again and we took ourselves to the next level. But we did that on the basis of having created that financial bedrock underneath us from all the rental properties and all the other things we'd done. You guys can do the exact same thing. And here's the miracle of basically 2020, right? There has never been a better time to, uh, to accumulate wealth. And, I, and if we were to do all this over again, and we've talked about this on our Sunday podcast, our Sunday special podcast, I'm not sure if Julie, well, no, scratch that. We wouldn't have bought all those rental properties. We wouldn't have. Now, I know that seems counterintuitive, but if we had a choice between buying all those rental properties and being involved with this, for example, EXP Realty and building our revenue share, we would have absolutely done the revenue share and put all of our best efforts towards building revenue share through EXP. And here's why. No expenses against it. Um, frankly, you don't have to service it. There's no clogged toilets or flood. Hey, Julie, how many rental properties oh are you goodness. screwing with right now? <laughs> I have three active situations right now. One is, a, one is a roof. One is a flooded basement. I can't remember what the third one is. It's something that just developed recently. So, yeah, I mean, it's constant. If people think that it's really passive, no. I mean, no. no. (laughs) It's just not. There's always something. The revenue share you can get from EXP is like nothing we've ever experienced before. So even if I – and Julie and I are – you know, I'm 50 and Julie's 49. So if we are to – even now, if you don't have, if you are not at the point where you wanted to be financially, there's no quicker and more assured way of building wealth than the EXP revenue share uh, plan that Glenn Sanford created all those years ago. It is stunningly powerful once you actually understand what how different it, it, your life could be in less than you know two or three years. We have lots of friends that joined EXP a year ago, two years ago. That, you know, some of them are earning a thousand dollars a month, some are earning three thousand, but we have friends that are earning you know ten. 20, 30, 50,000 uh, per month, per, per month. month. And that's not having, they're not having, to, that's not from selling real estate. That's not from any well, transactional it's income. It's not it's, rentals. You know, it's so stunning. And, I, you know, the, the more we get involved, the more, I, you know, I see agents' first reaction is always like, what? How can that be? Yeah. It's almost like uh, too good to be true or disbelief. And then they watch the videos, they do the math, and they're like, wow, that is a brilliant model. And I, I think the more you know we're involved with it, the more brilliant it seems. So people don't want to awesome. people don't want to see it for what it is because yeah. I think they're intimidated by the prospect of actually financially getting to where they wanted. It's it's like a psychological thing. It goes back to the yeah. comfort zone because thing. they haven't believed that that could happen for so long. They right. don't want to believe it, especially when it's such a clear path. It is. It's like that that programming is still stuck in their head. Until and I love when agents say this. Yeah. Until they get their first revenue check, I know. Uh, or you know, transfer, and they're like, "You're not going to believe this." You know, <laughs> it, it's just incredible. I love it when that happens. I know. And then they go, and that's going to happen every month. Yeah, and it yeah. grows. Usually, it grows by like ten or twenty percent every month too. It's just, extraordinary. I mean, the impact. It, it doesn't have to be, you know, fifty grand a month. Just Mm-mm. look at it this way: take your average net commission, and imagine if you did one more of those per month every month. Yeah. That can be life-changing. Well, get to the point where, like, we tell people, have your first goal is basically, assuming you have a mortgage, is to have your EXP revenue share cover your mortgage payment. And then we tell you to get the you know, revenue share to the point where it covers all your personal overhead. And then your transactional income from real estate goes to paying off your debt. And, hey, have me having fun. And I, I say this, and it's emotional to me. I've said it so many times I don't get emotional anymore when I say it. But I look back at the past, you know, 25 years when Julie and I were accumulating our real estate and you know portfolio, I don't – all the 
sacrifices we made, and we still make for the sake of doing it. It's not what you the sacrifices that you think. Member listeners, I told you that we were saving up the money and paying cash for these rentals, and these are not crappy houses. These are a lot of nice houses. Hundred and fifty thousand, hundred and seventy five thousand is what we paid, and now they're worth a lot more. We used a guaranteed sale on some of them too. Yeah, we did when we sold real estate. But what I'm trying to express to you is, it does not matter where you are in your career. And Julie's off to Premier Coaching. Yeah, later alligator. Have a good day. Those of you in Premier Coaching, make sure you attend live. Um, but as far as the revenue share goes, I certainly wasn't planning on making this call about revenue share or this podcast, but it does always go that direction, doesn't it, listeners? And the reason is, is because if you're really seriously focused on essentially your financial future, you've got to look at what your viable options are. And I'll tell you where you've got to start. And we're going to get to the next point tomorrow. You got to look at where you are in life right now. And if you're 20, then maybe you don't have that much perspective. But if you have not yet managed to essentially accumulate enough wealth that you are, you know, using the Harris definition of rich where your money works for you and you no longer work for your money. If you're not there already, whatever your age is, let's say if you're 30 years or older, you don't and you won't probably ever do it. And the probability of you doing it, of accumulating enough money so you no longer have to work for money where your money works for you, is probably, it's like less than 5%. And if you want proof of that, how many people do you know that have actually done that, especially in real estate? It's virtually nobody. So what you've got to do is go back to the original point. You've got to attach yourself to and just accept it. It's not, look, I'm not trying to offend anybody. It's not an ego thing. Julie and I are exactly like all of you guys are. We're real estate agents too. We're salespeople, right? At our core, that's what we are. I'm selling you on you right now. That's what this podcast is all about. So we know we didn't come with the, you know, genetic pre-coded software for wealth accumulation? Absolutely not. Neither did you. So what you've got to do is you've got to accept it. Don't try to change it because you won't. So put a system in place that's going to basically force your behavioral change um, so that you don't, you, you can't really do anything other than allow the change to happen. That's the only way you're actually going to do something. And again, we're going to talk about more financial vehicles tomorrow as far as different ways you can save and accumulate and what the financial ramifications of those things are. We're also going to talk about taxes. We're going to talk about all the reasons why or the things that maybe you've been hiding from. Um, make sure you listen to the podcast that we did yesterday because it will kind of ramp you up quickly through um, the, uh, I think, the building blocks of getting to the point where you actually make profit in your real estate business. And I know a lot of you guys are still at that point. But here's a little a secondary thought. If you started thinking bigger thoughts about your potentiality, bigger thoughts about what you can actually create in your life. In other words, if you start, like right now we're talking about these things that to you might seem very obtuse, wealth accumulation and all these numbers and stocks and bonds and revenue share, and maybe that to you seems very bizarre, right? Well, if you were to actually start learning about those things and you were to start like start experiencing emotionally what it would feel like, you know, just a little bit, just touch the, you know, put your toe in the water just to understand that you can accomplish it. Then it's going to make the the meat and potatoes work that you have to do every day in real estate easier. So if you start seeing what you're doing is some for the sake of something greater than just essentially paying your bills, if all of a sudden what you're doing every day in your real estate business starts to tap a different part of yourself that maybe was dormant or maybe you didn't even know it was there in the first place, then you're going to start doing things that you didn't know you could do. So even if some of these topics that we're going to start um, presenting you guys with with regards to wealth accumulation, even if they seem like someplace that's too far in your distant future, or maybe you've never even considered them, don't allow yourself to emotionally shut down. Because when you're doing that, that's just your ego. And that's going to be a one, the result of that is going to be a 100% guaranteed return to 
normalcy, which will inevitably result in you being broke for the rest of your life. And by broke, I mean where you can basically only pay your bills without cash flow for maybe a month or two. And that is 99% of all Americans, by the way. So why live like that? You don't have to. So open your mind to the fact that you are in uh, the greatest industry, I think, personally, I, I mean, I suppose you could say if you were working at Google or Apple back in the day and you had, you know, stock options, that wouldn't have sucked. But the reality of it is, is that none of us are, we're born with a silver spoon. All of us basically are, you know, scrappers. Otherwise we wouldn't have gotten to real estate. And we don't, most of us weren't born under a lucky star or any of the rest of it, right? So we're going to have to accumulate uh, by the sweat of our own brows what we're going to create in this life. And if you're going to take that seriously, and you're going to and you're going to realize that there's really nothing holding you back other than your actions. I know a lot of people say it's what you think, it's your mindset. That's what's keeping you in the you know where you don't want to be. But that's not really true. The the mindset is the secondary thing to the actions that you take. The actions that you take. And this is what nobody I've never heard anybody say this other than some military people and other than Julie and I. I, I. Everyone else basically wants to preach to you about working on your mindset and your vision boards and your goal boards and all this sort of you know woo-woo stuff. We do not prescribe to that as being, yes, those things have a place, but they're not the first, they shouldn't be the first thing you focus on. The first thing you need to focus on are the actions. The actions are the things that require the skills because then what happens is when you start actually, in, when you're in action, then your mindset is going to naturally gravitate towards the person you want to be. If you think you can mindset your way to action, you're wrong. And that's the ultimate fallacy with a lot of the reasons why you know people stay in, you know, I think, uh, broke, frankly, broke and always wondering why. And the other problem with focusing on your mindset all the time and not taking enough actions is that you're going to, uh, frankly, always be questioning whether your mindset itself is the problem. And that's the reason you haven't accumulated any money. You see how it's all ridiculous? So it comes down to actually taking actions. That goes back to one of our other, uh, I don't remember what rule it is, but it's doing what you don't want to, if you want ever increasing long-term levels of success, just live by this. Do what you don't want to do when you don't want to do it at the highest level. That's what you have to do. And stop being so nice to yourself. Stop giving yourself a break. Stop telling yourself that you'll do it tomorrow because you never do. Start being a little bit more or a lot more critical of yourself. Don't say you are, don't look for emotional reasons why you're not taking action because that's just going to compound and create more emotional reasons for not taking action. Start just saying, you know what? I didn't go to the gym today or I didn't make that call or those calls today because I am just being lazy, right? That's offensive, isn't it? If someone calls you lazy, that's offensive. The reason it's offensive is because if you're taking offense to it, it's because you know it's true. If you are in action and you know you weren't being lazy and someone calls you lazy, you laugh, right? See the difference? So this all goes back to the simple fact that you guys can create whatever future version of you you want to create, but it is predicated on the actions that you take in the current version of you. And again, this is a Harris thing, but you guys know what I'm talking about. If you don't like your present version of yourself, you have only the past version of yourself to blame, right? So the past version of you yesterday, 60 days ago, six months ago, 12 months ago, whatever, that version of you, obviously, if you're not happy with where you are right now, didn't do the things that you know she or he should have been doing. Same goes now. If you're not doing the things, the actions, not thinking about working on your mindset and reading more books, but if you're not taking the actual actions now, the doing what you don't want to do when you don't want to do it at the highest level, the future version of you is not going to be too pleased with the past version of you. 
So you can either thank the past version of you or you can, you know, curse the past version of you. It's up to you. Get it? You guys get the concept? See how Julie and I keep things super practical, super simple. Nothing mystical, nothing woo-woo. It's all about the actions you take. The liber- and What we're giving you and hoping you're going to take when we give you this gift is the realization that it just comes down to what you do. And when you realize it just comes down to what you, what you do, it's easier, isn't it? It's not harder. You can tell yourself, look, I, like I had a coaching call today with someone that came off two weeks of a bad streak of not being productive in his business. It was more like three weeks. Uh, so I didn't have a call with him last week because Jules and I are on vacation. And then I, I have a call with him right before this podcast. And he has been setting a listing appointment every single day. And he told me about a victory he had. Uh, here was this victory. He had not set a listing appointment that day. Remember, I said he said that was his minimum standard, appointment a day. He was walking into a store. He tells me this story today. And um, he was about to. Got it, you know, parked his car, was walking into this store, and then stopped himself. And he stopped himself because of the fact that he realized he was going to waste a half hour in that store, and he had not yet set his appointment. And he knew if he'd gone into that uh, store, wasted a half hour, there probably would have been more things that crept up that compounded the time wasting, and the day would have been gone, and he would have let a day go by without setting an appointment. Whereas he knew his actions mattered the most. He stopped that action that would have resulted in, in him basically failing for that day. He went back to the office, and he set a listing appointment. That is a huge victory. That's called being a professional. That's called somebody who's actually taking their, you know, hoping that their future self is thanking their past self opposed to cursing their past self. That's what you guys need to at least start moving towards accepting. And don't make it so hard. I mean, we read our book, Harris Rules. Continues to be a bestseller on Amazon. It was kind of fun seeing it in some bookstores at the airport. I think we saw it in one bookstore technically, but it's still fun in Atlanta. And uh, yeah, so Harris Rules, I think it's got over 400 five-star reviews now on Amazon. You can get it on Amazon, obviously. And if you guys want to talk to us about eXp, again, we're going to be talking about essentially the easiest ways to create wealth and easy with quotes, but we're going to talk about that on the future podcast. Um, And eXp is definitely going to be one of them because in my opinion, it's the absolute gift from the real estate, the greatest gift from real estate God since the 6% commission in the listing contract. Whoever created those things, those people should be in the howled holes of real estate. I have no idea who actually created those two things, but God bless them. The revenue share program through eXp is right up there. And we're going to be talking about that a lot on a future podcast. If you want to talk with Julie and I about joining our eXp team, yes, of course, Julie and I are with eXp. You should be too. Feel free to text me directly at 512-758-0206. And yes, that's my real cell phone. Don't call, text 512-758-0206. Just go ahead and text me if you want to talk about EXP, 512-758-0206. In the meantime, you guys have a fantastic day, and we will talk with you on the show tomorrow. This program has been a presentation by Tim and Julie Harris, Real Estate Coaching. For more information on our real estate coaching and training programs, visit our website at timandjulieharris.com. Remember to tune in weekdays at noon for upcoming shows. And until next time, thank you for listening to Real Estate Coaching Radio with Tim and Julie Harris. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.